0: Welcome to episode 13 of Your Ageless Musical Brain. I'm Elena Blanco, Lucy, and my very special guest today is currently an interim department head at University of Illinois-Chicago Department of Kinesiology and Nutrition. One of his research involves lifespan fitness programs for older adults. His background is also in psychology and public health, most notably in physical activity and cognition of older Latinos. He is also involved with the Rush Alzheimer's Disease Center at Rush University. He leads a prospective study for older Latinos to determine what factors place Latinos more at risk and what factors are protective against Alzheimer's disease. His name is Dr. David Javier Marquez. Welcome, doctor, to the show. It's a pleasure to have you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's a true pleasure as well to be able to to talk about physical activity, and health, uh, particularly amongst older Latinos.
0: I know you've been very much involved in all this uh, research throughout the years, and I know that a lot of our listeners are very eager to hear more about what you have to say. So talk to us about exercise. Let's begin with exercise psychology and why why you believe it's so important to create awareness of how it relates to brain health in the life and times we live right now doctor
1: Yes absolutely so a lot of people aren't really familiar with the 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 term or the area exercise psychology it's really about trying to understand what motivates people to be physically active, to engage in exercise. And then when we do the activity, we study different things like how does it affect our mood? How does it affect our cognition? So those things like our memory, our ability to um, process information and our ability to pay attention to the things we need to pay attention to and not be interfered or distracted by other things. so in these times um, you know we're we're in a, a an era where we are kind of still in a pandemic but out of the height of the covid pandemic and in life is difficult still for for many people so finding ways to have our minds, our brains be sharp or maybe regain that sharpness, I think is is really important these days.
0: Right, right, absolutely. Uh, What's your take on the quality of a person's lifespan in relationship to exercise psychology and the use of medication?
1: Okay, so I'll talk a a little more specifically like exercise or physical activity. So for us, physical activity is any kind of movement that, that we make that results in energy expenditure. And one type of physical activity is exercise. So for us, exercise is where you purposefully do your physical activity, maybe to improve your health or your fitness. Now, the bottom line is that all of the movement, all of the physical activity uh, is very good for us, right? And so um, I, I think that's uh, I- an important thing to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely the exercise mindset, right? So talk to us about the behavioral theories and the strategies for promoting an exercise mindset.
1: Yes. I, I think number one is enjoyment. Okay. And yes. it's something that gets lost at over time. You know, when you think about kids being physically active they're not moving, they're not running around because they want to decrease the risk of diabetes or they want to decrease the risk of Alzheimer's. Right. It's, nope. It's it's fun. It's they enjoyable. Just, love it. just yeah. love it. It's playing games. It's playing sports. It's those kinds of things. And I think that we kind of lose that over time. And, you know, then then we think, oh, I need to exercise and that's a chore, you know, I feel obligated to do it. And so if you do it, there's health benefits from it. But I think the key is finding ways in which you enjoy being physically active, because how many things do we do over time? And don't quit them if we really don't enjoy them, right? Yeah, right. N- not not too many things. Maybe like brushing our teeth. ok, nobody really has fun brushing the teeth. But that's easy. That's, you know, one to two minutes and you're done. Exercise takes longer, right? It's going to be longer than a couple minutes. So finding something that we truly enjoy doing, how we enjoy moving our bodies, is like so important
0: that is such a common denominator. Doctor, the fact that when we find that enjoyment, right? That's what works as opposed to say, you know, of course, I do respect that, you know, when we go to the gym, that's also very valuable. Uh, but I'll speak on my personal experience. Mm-hmm. If um, if I have a choice to go on the treadmill or use an exercise machine, I know it's good for me, but while I'm there, I'm actually envisioning myself actually dancing, you know? Right. And that's what, because that that's what brings me that joy and I love that momentum. I love that movement. There There is mm-hmm. a, a difference, isn't there, doctor, with that?
1: There, there absolutely is. Um, you know, we, we talk about, intrinsic motivation what are those things that when you're active just because you enjoy doing it right and so this is where the you know dancing often comes into play especially amongst like older latinos uh you know in, in it tends to be because of like traditional generals tends to be women who will you know maybe have experience dancing when they were younger, you know, and I'm talking like family parties and, and that type of thing, going out as a young person, but then not having the experience with, you know, like you said, actually like getting on a treadmill, right? So if you tell somebody, oh, this is easy. If you just get on a treadmill, you know, most days of the week and walk for maybe 30 minutes, you're going to get a lot of health benefits, but walking on this machine that doesn't I don't actually go anywhere right it's like a it's like a foreign concept to a lot of people so dancing is not a foreign concept and people enjoy it good let let's do what we enjoy
0: yeah exactly right um and and it's drug free right yes <laughs> you don't need you don't and 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 it's that natural euphoria mm-hmm. that you feel when you are dancing there's no need for anything external to be put into your body to to feel that that emotion and 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 i uh, i understand that that's very very healthy for brain health
1: absolutely yeah. um it, it's like it's physical activity moving your body to me, and I I recognize my bias in having a PhD in kinesiology, but there is no pill that you can take that has all of these effects that moving your body does. So if you move your body, say you like to dance or you like to jog, you get those physiological and biological benefits, right? You also get the mental health benefits. You don't feel as stressed. You don't feel as anxious. And you get the cognitive benefits as well, so your brain can stay sharper. You can, you know, um, remember things better. Maybe it's not a primary motivator for a lot of people, but but you over time you decrease your risk of getting Alzheimer's disease. Right. But the more active you are, and it's never too late. If you start being active in middle age, you can still decrease your risk of getting Alzheimer's disease. So, to me, is the best form of medicine because. There's no pill that will give you the physical, the mental, the cognitive, the potentially spiritual benefits exactly. that moving your your body does, and especially dance if you're having fun and you might not even realize how hard you're working.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you just got finished saying of uh, uh, perhaps remembering things, right, as we get older um, may not be enough of a motivator, but what about the pain? that we may feel with chronic diseases, if we don't, if we don't motivate, if that doesn't motivate, I don't know what does, you know, because nobody wants to feel pain, right? So if we don't help, help, right, doctor, if we don't help ourselves, so what do you think about uh, the risk factors? Can you uh, talk to us about that? The risk factors in chronic diseases that are associated with the total opposite inactivity.
1: Yes. So, you know, a, a lot of times it tends to be, you know, obesity tends to be um, a primary factor or one of the predictors of if we get these chronic diseases like diabetes or hypertension. That said, there's a lot of research to show your fitness level is actually more predictive than your on-the-scale weight, okay? So, you can... be losing weight is difficult but it's we we focus in our society on losing weight and that type of thing and some people might need to to do it more than others but the physical activity that you do if you can raise your fitness level there's a lot of data even from the 70s and 80s, that shows you decrease your risk of getting these chronic diseases. So that's another reason I'm an advocate for moving your body because you decrease your risk of obesity, and even if you have obesity, you decrease the risk of the chronic diseases like diabetes and hypertension. Um, and those are are more prevalent among ethnic and racial minorities in the United States.
0: Yeah. And, uh, also many of us think externally, for example, we look at ourselves in the mirror, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe we're Mm -hmm. not pleased with what we see, Mm -hmm. but we, we, we focus on what we see in the mirror. All right. And forget about connecting to those feelings, connecting to the, uh, emotions, to the senses. Right, doctor?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's one thing, you know, the, the feelings about ourselves, you know, a lot of times in the U.S. And, and maybe around the world as well, like the feelings about our physical self end up taking over how we feel in general about ourselves. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, not not everybody, but in our society, a, a lot of us tend tend to have that right. And so, I wish other people would pay attention, maybe to the other very positive parts of themselves. Yes. But it doesn't always happen, and so the physical activity, improved mood, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there are studies to show even if you don't lose weight, you can start to feel better about your how you, you know, how you see your physical body. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's another benefit of engaging in the physical activity.
0: Yeah. Doctor tellus thank you so much for that explanation. What is Bailamos and the investigations on brain health and activity to improving Latino aging.
1: Yes. So thank you for asking about that. So the Bailamos dance program, uh, I I co-created with a professional dance instructor, Miguel Mendez in Chicago. He's the the owner and creator of the, the Dance Academy of Salsa. And in the early 2000s, I was reading a lot of uh, statistics that would say how um you know Latinos <clears throat> do not engage in physical activity. And so one of the things that drew to my attention was, well, what are we asking people to do? What do we expect them to do? And that whole thing about, you know, a treadmill or something like that. So some people like to do that. Some people like to run. A lot of people don't. So, it was, okay, I was most interested in how can we motivate older Latinos to be physically active? And so, what about dancing? So, there's nothing new about dancing in, in Latin culture, Um, but there was very little science about if people start doing it, what are the benefits? Now, the problem for me was that I am a researcher who is a not the best dancer let's say <laughs> and yeah. so i used my networking in in chicago yeah. to to eventually lead me to miguel mendez so mm-hmm. i went to him and i said okay you have the dance expertise you come highly recommended you don't have the science but i have the science background and without the dance background so we can make a really good team so together we created the bailamos dance program and so it's a 16 week Program Actually, now we're testing it in a 24 week program, but 16 weeks that includes merengue, bachata, cha-cha-cha and salsa. And so the idea was, okay, if we have older Latinos who don't do much physical activity, and you give them this four month dance program, what happens to their health? And so we've had uh, different things that we've examined to see what can change as a result.
0: With regards to bailamos, is it for them to dance by by themselves or with someone else?
1: So, both. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we we we've never made it that you have to have join with a partner, and which is good because the majority of people don't, and that might be their. Their spouse or partner might have passed away, or or just really isn't interested in doing it, and so we don't want to stop everybody from doing it. So most people join our programs, um, you know, by themselves, and so they learn different dance moves first by themselves, and then with a partner. And the way Miguel runs his classes is that you are changing partners maybe every song, mm. so this way two things. Number one, you get that variety of people. Right. And number two is it could be more challenging cognitively as well. You don't get used to necessarily the flow. If you always dance with the same person and you might get a good flow, maybe you like that, but this way it will challenge you to, you know, learn how to dance with other people.
0: Right. Oh, the coordination, right? Of the steps. Yes. Right. Mm Very, very interesting. Very very interesting because, doctor, I have to tell you, Mm -hmm. the best partner that I have is in front of the mirror.
1: Yes, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. whenever I, I have tried dancing with someone else, they take a look at my step and then they say, follow me. And I'm thinking to myself, no, you follow me. <laughs> you right. know, it's that kind sure. of thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. There's a follower and a leader. Yeah. We have a, a study right now funded right. by the CDC called Cerebro, which is remote. It's a virtual program. They're randomized into a dance program or a traditional exercise program so that dancing is happening by oneself in their home, but via Zoom. So they're dancing by themselves, but they can see their classmates. You know, so we're trying to see, can can you still have a bond with people? Because you can see them, but you're not physically dancing with them.
0: I see. But that still helps, right? You're you're engaged in the music. I don't know. I I feel it. Yes. I feel absolutely. that energy and I I, yes. I just I just know through the years, doctor, it has created a lot of energy. Yeah, excellent. And that's, joy. that's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. So so what about the Latinos that are interested in joining the research that you have? In yeah,
1: I mean currently we're we're in the Chicago area, so that's that's somewhat limiting, but you you know people can reach out. They can, you know, go on to, to, to Google and, and search for, you know, if you search my name, then they can find a way to, to get in contact with me and our study coordinators. We're trying to find ways too in which we can disseminate the Bailamos program to other places mm-hmm. as well, because we've shown that it, it does improve aspects of cognition like memory. It improves things like your balance. And, and so, you know, we want to find a way that, OK, this program that has produced pretty good evidence Can we have it, you know, taught elsewhere as
0: well? Because I'm sure that, you know, when people think long term, they want to get to their 70s and their 80s and their 90s and be able to move instead of feeling chronic pain. Yes,
1: yes. Part of it absolutely is the pain and, and not wanting to feel the pain. One of the primary priorities, say, is maintaining independence right? So that we don't have to rely too much or as much on other people as we get older, right? Mm -hmm. So if you talk to older adults, you know, usually older adults means like 65 and older, but then, you know, as you get into 70s and maybe into your 80s, you know, our our body is is going to be declining in, in different systems in different ways. And so we want to maintain our independence. And so I mean, you look at the physical activity, if we can keep our mobility, right, we can keep our balance, if we can keep our brains healthy, then that's going to kind of push off, hopefully forever, but we never know what's going to happen, but at least delay any kind of, you know, debilitating kinds of
0: conditions. Exactly, right, the delaying and the delaying or the preventing of depression, which is like a domino effect, right, doctor?
1: Yes, these a- things are often, you know, very intertwined. You yeah. know, a lot of people who have, say, dementia of some type, like Alzheimer's disease, often are depressed as well. Exactly. And, and, and so, you know, all of this is, is not coincidence because it's all happening within our bodies and within our yeah. brains, but they are definitely
0: connected. Yeah, there's that stigma, right, doctor, that... It, it 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 happens because of age. It doesn't happen right because of age. That's
1: correct. It's that a, is a mental correct. state. It's a mental it is, state. Yes, and in, in the brain is physically changing. Not everybody develops dementia like Alzheimer's disease. It's really hard to, you know, predict on an individual level who's going to get it and who's not. But it's not a normal part of aging. You know, many people will go through life without any type of cognitive impairment. So when something is interfering with daily activities, you know memory and interfering then then it 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 might be some sort of impairment but but it's not going to happen to everybody it's 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 not Mm going to happen to
0: yeah but there's that stigma doctor it's a pleasure having you share this information with our listeners i really enjoyed having you as a guest and i hope that we have part two
1: thank you so much for having me
0: thank you so much you take care (laughs) bye-bye thank you
1: bye-bye
0: i <laughs>